yeah. in hindsight is like my kids that's why i tell them a lot of things like here if you do this this could happen this could happen this can happen yeah and if you do this for a long enough time it opens the door to this yeah so i'm giving them all the stakes and yeah. all the different places but they're still I still respect them enough to give them that choice because yeah. ultimately we as parents, we as mothers, we can't control our kids. And if we, we think we can, we're fooling ourselves. We can't, we can only, we can only teach them and build a relationship with them where they trust our work. Today on the Messy Faith Podcast. Ooh. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. It's Emily and Satricia. And we're at you with the Messy Faith Podcast. Because life is messy. But God already paid the maid. He did. Excellent. How you been? How you been? I've been a lot of things. You've been a lot of things? I've been a lot of things. Okay, gotcha. But I'm good today. So praise God. Excellent. Excellent. So for just a little background, a little BTS, which is behind the scenes. uh, So Tracy and I film uh, once a month because we got kids. Yes. We got husbands. We got businesses. Man. We got lives. Lives. Um, so much stuff. But we want to stay current and and relevant, and so um, we've just decided, hey, once a month we're gonna we're gonna film these suckers. Yeah. So it's been a minute. So for Rusty, every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's been four weeks. <laughs> it has. It has. <laughs> anyway, now forget about that. This is podcast magic. This Ooh. is actually happening while you're listening to it. Wow. Okay, so we actually have some good and important and kind of um, not intense, but just flat out real stuff to talk about today. Yeah, we are talking about um, parenting kids post pandemic Hmm. from them, you know, elementary school to I have teenagers. Um, I know you're almost to the teenagers. A couple months. Yeah. And so everything that is different now. Yeah. So have you, just before we dive into some questions, have you noticed anything like before COVID, during COVID, and then after COVID? I'm pretty sure everybody's experienced stuff during COVID and everybody's experience is different. It's so crazy. I hate to, I hate to say it, (laughs) but no. Oh my gosh. You know, I think because my children are smaller um, and then our circles have always been small, their school is small, I think it ha- it didn't have as much of an impact. And so even being home, they had each other um, and they did online school. And so I haven't seen, I haven't seen. Interesting. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm, I can speak to like youth that I work with, but not um, my children. Well, aren't we just blessed and highly favored? <laughs> hey, oh my god! <laughs> I just have to be honest. I was like trying to go there, and I, I, it was it was for us. It was actually a time of slowing down before we were moving so fast. Yeah, that it was a good opportunity. And so, like being home, we were like with each other more. We did creative stuff. It was. It was a peaceful, fun time. Like okay, yeah. well, that right there is a whole conversation. Yeah. Um, just because. Okay, okay. So let's. So just so you guys know, they have like their their own business. So it's not like they go and work at a place of business. Yeah. You guys own um, a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Uh, Walkaway City Collaborative. Walkaway City Collaborative. So you were already accustomed. Yeah. To working from home, working from and home, well, working for yourselves, yeah, already having a schedule that was just at your beck and call whenever you needed to do things and programs, yeah, exactly. And during the time we, our nonprofit, we did a lot of like online programs, but we also did a lot of like we were blessed to get funds to help people like pay their bills, pay rent, pay mortgages, and then. So you were, like you were straight up like, Oprah, you're going to pay your bill. You're going to pay your it, bill. It was. You're going to pay your bill. We did drive through giveaways, too. So we partnered with the local church, uh, Church by the Side of the Road, and they had like this perfect driveway where you it goes around. So people would drive, literally drive through and they can get gift cards. They can get bag of groceries. We have fresh food and then we had resources for them, too. And so and we gave out masks and hand sanitizer and stuff like that. So we spent. That was like what we were doing. And our children love like give back kind of things. So it was for us, it was, okay. it was a good time. I think that's interesting because we, we have this thing where it's called like um, there's there's a few things. There's called the digital divide where mm-hmm. people that don't have access to Internet mm-hmm. or electronic devices. So 
they don't get all the impending information and stuff that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was something I've didn't realize was an issue. Yeah. Or internet. Some people don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. They don't have the devices or the internet. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, and then we have like the, the wealth gap, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so you have the people that are extremely rich and then you have people extremely poor Mm -hmm. and then you have everybody in between. Yeah. And then when it comes to COVID, um, you had the people that had an extremely good time mm-hmm. during COVID. And then you have people that were stuck in like domestic abuse yes. situations yes. and, and really, really bad situations. Yeah. And so, and I think that fell on, it didn't matter your, uh, you know, your tax bracket. Mm-hmm. If you're in a bad situation, you're a bad situation. For sure. Okay. So you're saying your COVID experience was, was, was good in that manner. Yeah. Okay, yeah. because my kids, I have teenagers and elementary school students, uh, trying to get a kindergartner to do school mm-hmm. on a laptop is comical. Yeah, hilarious. Like, <laughs> it ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you have like, I don't know, how long was COVID? It's all like, it's all just a, like a rage blackout at this point. I feel like, like it, was it was a year. A year Not and a half. Full, was it? I feel like it. I don't know. I forget. Yeah, because ours went back, I think, after... And your kids are, were also in private school, correct? Yes, yeah. Okay, so I'm in public school. Yeah. So it was, that's why, I didn't want to say that because that sounds so funny, but if we're just keeping it real. Yeah, we're keeping it real. But, but like they were really organized with it. So the children had their times where they sat down and it's not a huge, huge class because it's a smaller school. Yeah. And so it just, it worked out that we put them all in different rooms and I was mainly with the younger ones. And even my youngest Hers, hers didn't close because she went to a, a Montessori school, which can be considered like a daycare because it goes from two. Her school went from two to one, like two. To, I mean, not one, two, two years old to first grade. Gotcha. And so I still was able to go take her and drop her off. And then the other three, they were at home um, doing the whole, the whole laptop, you know, school thing. OK, so and you were already at home. You guys yeah. were for each other. So you had time. To like help them with school and all that stuff. Yes. Okay, this might show a little privilege. Did I keep it all the way real? Do it. I also had a nanny that came and helped sometimes too. Oh, jeez. So that was a blessing. So while I was doing like a lot of stuff, I had someone that helped. Like even if the children didn't want to come to the drive-through giveaway things we were doing, they didn't have to because they can stay home. But they did like to come. But the younger ones, I would keep them home. And so we did have some help. So okay. Gotcha. It was yeah. I hate to say that. No, don't hate it. But it's just it. real. Don't we, hate it. We were definitely blessed and had, had I'll help. straight up contrast it. Hmm. So I'm uh, a business owner as well. So mm-hmm. I work from home already. But I also have six beautiful, wonderful, I wonderful. love them. I love them children. Yeah. Um, but trying to work at home mm-hmm. with six kids. Yeah. And you asking me to try and teach them. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. I send my kids to public school because I think it's a great, not like knowledge education but like <laughs> social education <laughs> yeah you survive yeah that's true yeah. but i mean like teaching is like it's it's not my thing and, and I, maybe mm-hmm. it's not my thing with my kids yeah because um i hope i'm teaching you something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know so yeah. specifically teaching book knowledge. children yeah Wait, dang it but the bible's a book okay no this children working teaching Ch- children okay teaching children because <laughs> that's a different kind of grace oh you can teach true. adults but children that's true yeah that takes another kind of grace okay yeah yeah <laughs> well i can teach life skills i can't teach like uh, like history and math and like English and all that stuff. Yeah. So just topical, topic based stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so back to it. So it was insane. So we had to like, like we, we live in a rambler, it's like four bedrooms and you have six kids. How are you going to separate that? One of the, one of our big rooms is my studio. The other one's the kitchen. Yeah. So we have kids like literally in every room. So we had to borrow, uh, our, you know, Lauren, our friend Lauren, borrow some of her like long tables to like set up desks oh. in each of the kids' rooms. Hmm. And like, you know, I still got to, I still got to get my work done. And yeah. so I was like, no help to them. Hmm. I'm like, you've already surpassed. The teenager already surpassed me in math. Yeah. I can't help you. <laughs> you got this. I can help the kindergartner <laughs> learn to read. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm right above that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was it was rough. Yeah. And my girls were like in middle school and high school. So that's like key developmental things. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was a huge, no, I don't think, I know that there was a huge disruption 
in the development of children. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I'm like, why? You know, they like my girls even still talk about it. And I, so I did a little digging and I'm just like, why is this affecting them so much? Mm. And I guess that's kind of, and if you, like, we'd love to hear from you, like your, you know, how, what you did in COVID, how your kids, if you have them, like, what were some of your struggles? What were some of your celebrations? Yeah. Because um, I, I think this conversation might be continual because there is aftermath. And For I know sure. it's kind of like, why are you guys talking about, you know, the pandemic? That thing's over. We're moving on. No. We're like, just talking about parenting. We're talking yeah. about parenting our kids after us like the yeah. was the world ad and you know, yeah. bc before christ and after death <laughs> so right now before now, covid <laughs> before covid and after covid but the, but it was that big it was like it was their generation's big thing yeah you know and like the great depression right that was yes. like their big thing yeah and not to say i mean when i talk about my experience with covid in parenting it's different than my experience with COVID like in myself or in my marriage or in my business or, you know what I mean? So sometimes we struggled in different areas too. Some people struggled in other areas and didn't struggle in other areas. That's so, true. You know, it affects all kind of walks of life. COVID affected not only parenting, not only school, but everything. Even now, like just going to the grocery store, it's normal now to see somebody with the mask on still. Oh, that's true. And that was not normal before. Yeah. So even though At it's least not in this country, it's actually yeah, not normal in this in country. Other countries. Yes. Yeah. And here. Yeah. So, I mean, it affects everything. So I guess moving forward in all of our topics, I think it's worthy of a little mention, you know, because it did affect things and it changed. And we have to even as parents, it's not like our parents can even give us advice for how to handle it because they never experienced it. Oh, yeah. Like it changed the game. Yeah. yeah. So even like having to be creative and think on our toes and deal with the different suicide rate being mm. increased, mm. all the different things that come even like in my field of work, like working with youth. It's not it's nothing that we've seen before. So we have to come up with new strategies. And some of it's kind of like trial and error, you know? Yeah. So you're in research stage. Literally. Does this work or does this not work? In 10 years, we'd be like, if you studied at home, you might, you know, have a case for mesothelioma. You know how those commercials? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. There might be something. Who knows, you know, from even all this use of device. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say anything too scandalous, but I think America is one of the only countries that they're allowed to like promote medication on live TV. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay, moving along. Moving along. Can I have some crazy say something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, why is so the big thing is that it, it, it kept kids from the social interaction mm-hmm. with people. Yes. And it's like, does your siblings count as social? Cause I'm trying to think of like back in like little house on the prairie time. Like I think it does. <laughs> they just had their big families. Yeah. So how is this any different than then than I back think, then? I yeah. mean, I know they had school, but not, not all kids went to school. I think it's, um, yeah, we need a history teacher. We do. We do. Let, but let's speculate. Let's speculate. But no, um, I think siblings count as social interactions because of someone that's in their generation that ha- that understands their jokes or their whatever, unless it's like a one year old and a 16 year old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. if the gap is like that. Mm-hmm. But I think having someone outside of the parents to talk to, I think that is social interaction. It might not be their favorite people to talk to. But it's still someone, because I always thought, imagine the kids who have no siblings at home with their parents this whole time. That, <laughs> I like, my heart, sometimes I'm like, we got four kids. But then during the pandemic, I was like, thank God we have four, because yeah. they actually have a playmate. And even if they get mad at each other, they can go to another sibling. It's not just, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but I think about the, pe- the people who only have one child, and that child had literally no interactions you know or limited very limited that's true it's like you have to go into it with that mindset but i I will i will challenge your thought and say because like at a certain age parents developmentally wise don't matter as much to kids like the things they say the things they do kids no i always matter like this is human development they don't matter as much and and especially during adolescence adolescence the rise of the importance of the pure Mm -hmm. is king yeah. Um. And and there's a lot of reasons why, you know, they they fulfill like different roles. Like I know for a few years, Skylar was like really loud and obnoxious and outgoing. Mm-hmm. And then for a few 
years after that, she decided that that was took too much energy. And so she was, you know, more quiet and saved that side of her for only close friends. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, even like when they do, like when, you know, kids do class projects, right? Sometimes, you know, they get hoisted into the person who has to lead that group Mm -hmm. or all these different roles that they're, they're filling. Maybe they're the, the person in their, in their friend group or click group that, you know, provides peace or keeps everything in, or maybe they're the funny one or they, but they get to change those roles at will whenever they want to. uh, It's almost like a giant science experiment where they're just discovering who they are and what they like being. Mm -hmm. And you take that away, then they have no option of who they are and they have no way to feel, you know, kind of who they are. And And at that point, I feel like siblings I do hear what you're saying and I do think there's some weight to that, but I do think that there was a massive loss in that social back and forth, playing different roles, figuring out who you are, hearing differing descents. For sure. Right. So you're from a different family. I'm from a different family. Not only is our skin different, but the way we do life Mm -hmm. could be different. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like we could be two completely different religions and hold different values and rubbing up against that. Not, you know, a lot like I, I love my parents, but sometimes I love you, mom. <laughs> and I love is, you too. And I'm sure there's things. <laughs> I'm sure there's things that I do, but we like to. It has been my experience as a Christian to be. I have been less sheltered than like homeschool kids, mm-hmm. um, but some sense of sheltering. Yeah. Like I couldn't listen to anything except for Christian music mm-hmm. unless like I checked, printed out the lyrics for my mom and like she would check them. Um, now That's I think, a good idea. I think there's some wisdom. And- that is because my children don't listen to the, anything other than Christian mu- music, but I don't think they have a desire to right now either. Yeah. I think it's all they know, you know, yeah. so uh, like again, I'm not saying any of these choices are bad. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. That it was a form, it was a form of, of sheltering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kicking aside that, you know, like the purity mm-hmm. culture. So the church was like, sex, no, 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 don't mm-hmm. have sex. Yeah. Sex is bad. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to go to hell if you have sex. Yeah. You know, different extremes based on, you know, what denomination you were. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, but they just really, really stressed, Instead especially on girls dressing modestly. Yeah. Where the Bible does say these things, but it again, it's that man applied pressure yeah and not giving the fullness of it because of course the opposite of that is not go have sex 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 the opposite of that is this is why you don't or this is what how it affects you you know your emotions in your body and so yeah not giving the proper balance yeah telling them the like worst possible case scenario if Mm -hmm. they did instead of giving them the whole so it's like it's a cheap why almost Mm -hmm. um and I'm not bashing anybody, but just yeah. in hindsight is like my kids. That's why I tell them a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I'd rather them one, hear it from me and then two, give them all the reasons why. Yeah. So I give them stakes. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't give them like here, if you do this, this could happen. This could happen. This can happen. Yeah. And if you do this for a long enough time, it opens the door to this. Yeah. So I'm giving them all the stakes in yeah. all the different places, but they're still, I still respect them enough to give them that choice because yeah. ultimately we as parents we as mothers we can't control our kids and if we, we think we can we're fooling ourselves we can't we can only we can only teach them and build a relationship with them where they trust our words and yeah. so even like with my children we definitely have a lot of boundaries and you know things that we set up but it's not from a fear-based place mm-hmm. we give our children like the whole full scope of everything I'm always like you know, if you want to know what something is, come ask mommy because I'm going to tell you the truth. If yeah. you ask your friends, yeah. they're going to give you recycled information. And so <laughs> That's a good one. by the grace of God, they come with sometimes the questions I'd be like, "Ooh, this is a little older, I know, like, am but... I allowed to tell you the answer? Yeah, I'd be like, how far, I Lord? I, I don't. Holy Spirit, how far do I tell them? Yeah. But I just keep it real with them and it keeps them like bringing things to me and sharing and feeling. It's not like a taboo thing. They're not like oh no, I can't talk to my mom about this or that word is spooky. You know what I mean? But yeah. but I still hold the standards of this is what the standard is or this is what the standard should be. And so it's like- You a, use the word standard? No, I'm saying standard to you, but I don't, but do I use the word standard to them? Like, how would you explain that to them? What, this, like specifically like, what? Okay, okay. So you were like, this is the standard, like our standard. Oh, I don't even say our standard, but I just say- 
the way that God intended for it to be is for sex to be inside of marriage because okay. sex bonds to okay. people okay. and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I set what the standard is. I don't say this is what the standard is, but I tell them what the standard is and why it's the standard. And then I say, this is what can happen when we don't, you know? Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know? Gotcha. Okay. So, so that. Okay. Cause I was like, what? Talk about pressure. Like this is our standard. So how, but, but there is, yeah, there I, is. I think it's it, like, there's a tension. What is that? There is, but I don't, I don't think it's a, it's only a pressure if it's only a pressure if they're made to feel like, if they don't meet the standard, they're not loved okay. or they're not. The, right. it's, it's not a pressure to set a standard. I think a sa- standards are necessary, you know, or rules or boundaries. Okay, Maybe okay. boundary is a good word. Yeah, yeah. I like but, that boundary. And then and then determined on how your reaction when they cross the boundary. Yeah. Is I think how they're going to interpret as kids, how exactly. they're going to interpret almost like God's, like how God would react to them as well. Yeah. And that, that's just because you know, your parents are in charge of you and have authority. And yeah. then God is, per- is in charge of all of us yeah. and has all authority. Yeah. And so it's almost like a small, like as parents, it's a small sliver of our relationship with God, right? Yes. It's like a little bit of a mirror. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I have to remind myself, like when my kids do something, um, I remember one time, uh, one of my kids, and I think they were young too. So this was a little ridiculous, just spilled Cheerios everywhere. Milk was everywhere. The Cheerios were everywhere. And I was really frustrated. And I was like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. You just made this giant mess. Mm-hmm. Right. So after I'm done yelling at this poor little, this <laughs> poor little five-year-old, <laughs> then I'm sitting down there picking up the Cheerios and the spirit is like, Emily, how many times have I picked up your Cheerios yeah. and wiped up your spilled yes, milk? Yeah. And how many times have I yelled at you? Yes. And I was like, yes. So like, I yeah. am like very, very, I try and like, I'm human, so mm-hmm. I fail, but I try my best to, to get some gap in my reaction to yeah. my kids not, uh, <laughs> not doing what I think they should be doing. Yes. That's exactly. I'm always like, if you could just hold hold in your response. Yeah, like yeah. I try not to respond with my face. Yes. I just try to like listen till they're done and then respond like with the Holy Spirit instead of like inside I might be like, ah, but on the <laughs> outside, <laughs> yeah, on the outside I'm like, really? Okay. And how do you feel about that? Like I, I try my hardest and that's probably why inside I'm always, oh, because on the outside I'm <laughs> You got to go like bash a car and you got to get that stuff out, man. That's can't, true. Can't that would be fun. That a rage room. <laughs> a rage room. Forget about the red room. You got a rage room. A rage room. But no, it's really, that's, and speaking about parenting, that's one thing that's really important to me in my parenting is being self-controlled. It's yeah. extremely important to me because that is where and how I believe a lot of confident, how the confidence is broken. Okay. I think that's, that's how we lose the trust of our children, you know? And I think that's how we, we, we become that silent voice in their head, you know? And so I try to always, I try, I'm not perfect at it, but I try to let my responses be self-controlled. And it doesn't mean perfect, but it just means self-control. I do express if I'm disappointed or if I'm hurt, but I try to do it not from an emotional place. You know what I mean? Not like, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. at the end of the day, that's me not having self-control. That's me just blowing the one up all over them. And so sometimes if I'm really upset, I'll take a minute. I'll go to my room to compose myself that's before right I there. can that's say wisdom. something. Wisdom. But I try so hard because... It, it's the voice that your children hear for generations to come. Like, you know, like as they get older, when they're raising their kid, mm-hmm. like I'm trying not to go too deep, but it's the thing that tells them like, you're not smart enough or you can't do this or you're such a mess up. And maybe you don't say those specific words, but maybe how you are expressing something is implying that. And so then that's what they have to f- battle every time that they mess up or every time that they're about to do something. It's like, oh no, am I going to mess up again? So yeah. Yeah. Not to get to. No, no, no. I, I like what you're saying. And what's crazy is that during COVID, everybody's stress, which then heightens and shortens our, res- our that gap mm-hmm. and and almost it not immobilizes, but from in my experience, makes it harder to respond. Yes, because there's <laughs> no the, breaks. There's no yes. breaks. There's no go to school and I get a minute is nonstop all, all day. Every yes. Day. Yes. Yeah. And then my husband still worked. 
Yeah. You know, he works for a podiatrist. So everybody always needs stuff done with their feet. So he's, he like never stopped working. Yeah. In fact, they were, they were blowing up during COVID, Ooh, you know, and because yeah. the doctors could stay open, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. So then you're home with all alone. six. All six. Alone. Yeah. And like, he's working long hours. And yeah. It was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's real. Um, so back to um, raised stress levels. Um, and let's talk about collateral damage. So let's, so your kids for a minute, you had a, a good COVID experience. Parenting. Parenting. Yes, parenting sorry, parenting. sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, we'll have to do another episode of those areas <laughs> that we're struggling with. Um, <clears throat> Post pandemic in the bedroom. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> that cut me off guard. But okay. We're awake. Hey. Hello. <laughs> uh, where were we at? <laughs> that just threw me off. It did. It threw but you me said, off too. You said something about back oh, to your oh, children. So I want to talk about like collateral damage, not just collateral damage of COVID, but like your kids have friends mm-hmm. and they have different life, life situations, yeah. different you know, met, uh, mental strengths or whatever. Um, was there any collateral damage that affected your kids because of the pandemic and because of the, the situation that other kids were in? So, okay. Um, <laughs> oh. well, no, um, one of my children, they had a, um, a classmate that died, um, but they were still young. So I don't think they fully, understood not understood but I don't feel like it affected them how it would have if they were older but um also this is coming from a privileged you know what I mean like my children are the community that they're in it's it it wasn't people who super struggled like that during the pandemic too they were financially stable they were okay but I I seen more of an effect like in the children that like I mentor and the children that are a part of our programs that was where I seen like dramatic changes you know and things like that but it wasn't it wasn't with my children they're so young you know they were in okay they were all in elementary school and the the youngest one was in like she was like three or four you know so I didn't see much with them or their friends because it was people in similar situations like us who probably had a nanny who probably you know what I mean all those kind of things so I didn't see with my children but the children like in our program we had a lot of children like start using drugs we had children whose parents were using drugs and even had a youth whose parent overdosed and died and so that children was left to be in foster care but then still during a pandemic too during all of that and then still stayed connected with us and just hearing what they went through as a part of all that was happening with them because they I can't I don't want to tell all their story but just a lot of stuff and we had another young person that committed suicide and so another one ran away like we had a lot of a lot of stuff like within the people we serve but not within my children because they were so young and the the community that they're a part of gotcha you know they were fortunate enough to not feel the effects like some people who didn't have resources you know yeah um well one of my my oldest and I have like permission to share this Mm -hmm. um she experienced uh, two things, collateral damage, as um, two of her very, very close friends <clears throat> at different times. Um, one was a suicide attempt that was like told to her. And like I saw an email thread and I actually had to call the school and let them know, mm-hmm. you know, you see something, hear something, say something. Yeah. So I had to do that. Um, and then another one is her... Um, very dear friend she held her in high regard uh killed herself mm-hmm. um and committed suicide yeah and so once that happened it, i mean grief manifests in a lot of ways and my eldest is severely hard of hearing so there's like deaf and then there's severely hard of hearing and she she's on that so her whole life has been lived in um audio isolation you know Mm -hmm. um and so she's already been kind of the odd man out she's already been the one trying to catch up to conversations read your lips i mean if there's more than one person talking to her it's very very difficult for her to keep up with the conversation and so trying to be social 
in yeah. school like that, mm-hmm. it's extremely hard. And so um, what little bit she did get was taken away by COVID. And then the friends that she was close to, even outside those filters, yeah. then they went away. Yeah, They were either too toxic with the suicide stuff. And then we were just like, okay, that's an unhealthy relationship. Let's not do that. Mm-hmm. And then the other one actually did commit suicide. Yeah. And so like we have her... I'm just her mom, <laughs> you know, yeah. we have her seeking, you know, profession. We have her in counseling. There mm-hmm. you go. We just, we have her in counseling That's good. Yeah. for, you know, not only things she struggles with herself, but then that like exacerbated all of that, you know, mm-hmm. grief is crazy. Definitely. And especially when you're still developing who you are. Yeah. Um, and so depression is, is real. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. It's just, it's crazy. So COVID has is, is hit us and the aftermath has hit us in, 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 in so many ways. Yeah. Um, anxiety is like heightened in our house, even with um, some of our other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and obviously there's like, we're not perfect and there's things that we're doing. Like we're, a, we're being, we're being flexible parents, which means we're, you don't like the things that God says there forever but then the strategies in which you implement those things sometimes they have to change depending on the demeanor of your child or their personality mm-hmm. or their struggles or their diagnoses right yeah. and so we're finding different ways to be gentle firm um and man it's like friggin' being in a kitchen and trying to make something and putting in all the right ingredients it's yeah. so hard it's like my souffle for for crying out loud how come it can rise with this kid but this kid it's just like not working yeah and so having six kids it's like i have to be six different versions of myself Mm -hmm. and how i do it and so that's just exhausting but my my soul hurts for this for this generation Um, my husband is uh, a football coach too so you know he's surrounded by a hundred boys nine months out of the year yeah and even even sports post-covid it's a whole different game. It's yeah. like everybody's mental toughness just got shook mm-hmm. and it's just like floating out there. Yeah. And like, they forgot how to be kind, caring human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, just because everything was ripped away from them. Yeah. They had absolutely no control. And as a team, your number one thing is fighting for that control, right? That's your rite of passage. That's your human development at that age. Mm-hmm. You're seeking control so that when you, here it's like 18 and go to college and move out and you're you know socially an adult now and making all your choices yeah um in different cultures that age is different um all that was was taken from them Mm -hmm. so they didn't have any yeah you know what i'm saying and so that's like that'll stunt you for sure and it's hard when there's no anchor of hope too you know what i mean yes and so for people who have hope when situations like covid happen that's like an anchor. No matter how hard it gets, there's still a hope or a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And it's hard to get through. It doesn't make it, you know, easy. But for people who don't have that anchor or don't, it feels like there's no end. Yeah. Well, and what about this? So as as when you're a teenager and try and remember back, like. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel 16, so. No. Right. In my mind's eye, I think I'm 23. <laughs> Interesting. I don't even know. <laughs> um. What were we saying? Oh, man. He said, think back to when you were a teenager. Think back to your teenager. Mm -hmm. So, like, I grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. um, And if this would have happened, I would have had the anchor. But what's natural at that that age is you're developing, like, who you are and Mm -hmm. what you believe, your your core beliefs. Actually, I think they say that by age 12, you've decided kind of all of that stuff. But. Yeah. Yeah. What you? Th- I mean, it, not saying that it can't happen. No, I, I thought you're I heard that that's at age twelve is when you're deciding. You haven't decided yet, but oh. twelve is like the age, and that's why um, the with the work we do, like middle school is like the that's the age where you have to catch them. Yeah, like usually between sixth and ninth, because that's when they're determining like which direction they want to go. Exactly, it's not like solidified yet. Yeah, yeah. So just think about the entire generation. Yeah, not even just in America, an entire generation. Yeah, around the globe, because this was a global pandemic, mm-hmm. right? So you're you're like 
a global generation from sixth to ninth graders yeah just that are figuring out what they want their anchor to be mm -hmm. having everything ripped out yeah and then not having any voice around yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying not to like, everything though because it depends on the household this is, this is true, but, I, yeah. but a vast majority. Yeah, yeah. Like in America, you you do realize that we're like one of the most unchurched. Like yes. missionaries be coming here. Yes. You do understand that yeah. now. We're in a post-Christian <laughs> world yeah. in America. Yeah. So, I mean, yes. You, it's Sorry. I'm like, you have like such hope. And I think we even each other out because I'm yeah. like, devastation. Yeah. <laughs> no. And just, I'm like, Jesus. No, just, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm like, darkness. And you're like, light. <laughs> no, no, no. It needs both. It does need both. Yeah. It does need both. But the thing is, if you paint how dark it is, then it just il illuminates the light so much more. Yes. Yeah. And yes, I do believe there's hope. And I believe there's an, am there's amazing children out there. Yeah. And you know what? There's an amazing thing called neuroplasticity. Yeah. And 50 chances. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and God's grace. Yeah. I and don't know what neuroplasticity is, but I know that when, whenever darkness arises, that means there's an opportunity for light. And exactly. so for even some young people who weren't raised in the church, for some of them, it, it pushed them toward like, oh, I want to learn about God yes. because they were in desperate need of hope, too. So yes. for some, it, you know, it wasn't it was a it was a push into hope. It was a push into searching for something outside of themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So what what dark picture was I painting? <laughs> oh, this painting, this entire Darkness, dismay. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. But that means that there's a generation that that is like no BS, mm -hmm. meaning like they don't need your church program yeah. or your system. Mm -hmm. um, they need Jesus and his wisdom. Yeah. And they're about to get it any way that they can. Yeah. And they can smell a fake a mile away. I mean, yes. teens are always good at smelling fakes anyway. But now it's not just fake people. Now it's fake systems or fake programs yeah. that don't work. Yeah. That they're all talk and their intentions are good, but none of the fault like... Like, that's why we got to change. We yeah. got to change what we're doing. Some of them are falling for it, though. They're in this new age stuff, this new age Christianity of the, where the boundaries removed and anything kind of goes. And but it's like a balance. I think it's a mix mixture of both. Mm -hmm. There's some that are just like, I can do all these things and I'm still this, you know. And then there's some that are like, no, I know that ain't it. And let's not play. So I think there's a little a healthy mix of both both of those kind of young people. Cause I've seen somewhere be like, Oh, maybe that's not quite. Yeah. Mm. You should have to, this is what I do. And I remind my husband all the time, like, babe, you remember that their prefrontal cortex is like not fully developed yet. So literally <laughs> like they are incapable <laughs> without the spirit. You know what I'm saying? Like the spirit fills in the gap. <laughs> it's a big gap. It's till you big, reach 25. <laughs> it's a big old gap. It's a big old gap. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my gap was bigger than all theirs. Man, <laughs> there's still a gap. And thank God for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> exactly. But um, I hope, I, I don't know. And again, I would love to hear what your guys' experience is. I'm just saying that it's hard. And I'm I my family is still cleaning up. Yeah. Cleaning up emotionally, cleaning up mentally, keep cleaning up rhythm, rhythmically. Yeah. Um, from the aftermath of the pandemic yeah and what it caused for sure I would say I wouldn't say my family is but I would say me emotionally <clears throat> because I love really hard and so in doing the work that we do and being in the lives of like young people it did hit me pretty hard like I wanted to adopt and take home every child you know oh, what I no. mean that was struggling <laughs> you but, sound like my mom <laughs> yeah yeah that's why I like her 14 kids later <laughs> yeah no I wanted to my heart so it broke my heart seeing people struggle it broke my heart seeing people that didn't have hope it broke mm -hmm. my heart seeing people that felt like they didn't know what to do homeless people like all those things broke my heart like during that season but um but I wouldn't say it like affected my my children but I would say myself still trying to like recover from just emotionally trying to be there for people like that that was probably the the part that was hard for me is the trying was the trying to be there for people and there's only so much you can do oh for sure yeah that was that was probably the hardest part of the pandemic for me okay um 
one of the things that it pointed out, and I know as parents, and so it's hard to know because um, I've never been a parent before. Mm-hmm. And so my first time being a parent of teens was during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah. So this is the only reality I know. So our reality is that we're having to work on a lot of mental toughness mm-hmm. and a lot of those identity factors. Um, and I'm having to do it with all of my little kids too. So honestly, I don't know what's because of the pandemic. Well, I do know some of it. Um, and some of it's just plain, some old. of it's just plain old development, but yeah. how I have changed as a parent because of the pandemic and mm-hmm. because of how my kids are now is that, um, we, I, and I my husband, Matt and I were having this conversation is because there's this amazing book and if you guys, um, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. It's called, um, Atomic Habits by I've, Adam, I've by Adam Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a, uh, a social psychologist researcher, uh, great guy. This is not a Christian book, but it is backed by science and biblical principles that, that you know why do you, why do you say it like that I, and biblical science i don't know i don't know, I don't know who i'm dealing with okay you're dealing with somebody huh <laughs> i love you well it's because i love science and psychology and learning all this stuff and some people just like eh, away from it you know like yeah. like so let's say yoga for instance mm-hmm. like um when i was growing up people were like yoga oh my gosh like that's bad because there is a, a religion that yeah. that goes with it as well yeah. but there's also like the science of stretching the muscles and the releasing of toxins in your body like that's yeah. science baby so if that's you science can- but the poses do that it is invoking something so it is a so you're thing. one of those people I, i'm not one of those people <laughs> i'm one of those believers <laughs> who i understand that there is a spiritual world and the enemy is crafty and so i'm mindful about what doors that i open but i would never tell someone else what they should do because yeah. that's based on your own convictions and how the lord's leading you but for myself I wouldn't participate in anything yoga because those different, like the upward dog and all the different things. If there's, there's like a whole thing. I I wonder if I can find it and send it to you, but those are all different spiritual acts and things that you're tapping into. And so when it comes to like spiritual things, I don't play with that because it's open doors. What are you talking about? This is just, those are like, okay, okay. I haven't read it, so I can't fully like come to you. I understand that. But if your mind is like going there, I think that's one thing, but if your center is Christ, but you are like real tense and, and like, but you can so- stretch without doing that pose. Okay. You know? So now you're getting so like, do you believe now in- you're getting nitty gritty. No. Do you believe you believe in the spiritual world, right? Yes. There's clearly a spiritual realm. You believe that you can be opening doors or entertaining spirits that are not the Holy spirit without even knowing. Do you believe that? I don't know. Okay. Because if I'm not saying I, so, so, and I think ooh, this, holy crap, this is a whole nother we podcast. There. I know, we went there, <laughs> but they're going there with us. You're with us, right? It's <laughs> oh, a whole nother thing. Well, because I think sometimes we might, I don't know. So I err on that Christ is in me. So nothing else can be. Uh, just let me finish my thought. Okay. You paused, so I thought I it was a moment. No, no, it was not. <laughs> you said I was me. sucking in my saliva. <laughs> Getting excited. I'm starting to spit. <laughs> this pop screen, I don't know if that'll hold you back. <laughs> Be dripping. <laughs> um, so I am literally stretching and feeling the tension come through those muscles. Like, I, I like. I, I don't know the names of the poses. I don't know them. So I do mobility stretching and I do some some yoga and stretches. So it's not either labeled, but the entire time I am thinking about God, meditating on scripture, filling my body, mm-hmm. um, and then allowing allowing that tension to like come out of me. And again, I'm coming from a place where I had to reconnect with my body. Yeah. Like from from a, a mental break sort of thing where I, I was scared to death of my body and the different sensations I felt. Yeah. So I, to get better, I had to do yoga. Okay. No, it's called s- somatic therapy and there's different, 
So, so there is different poses that rev your body up mm-hmm. and stretches. And then there's different, by the word poses, it just means different stretching yeah. intenseness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So take away the posing. It's not a freaking <laughs> pose. It's just the manner in which you put your body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a pose. But that bring it down, that that are calming. And yes. that has to do with the nervous system. Yes, in certain points, yeah. Exactly. So if you can, can God made all of that stuff. So if you're coming to it centered in Christ, I'm not saying I'm going to a giant. Yeah, I, I, I'd say we got some so work. God made our points in our body, right? But mm-hmm. he didn't make those poses. Those poses were made by another religion. And so this is my sh- strong belief. However, the Holy Spirit is leading you. (laughs) If it works for you, if you like it, I love it. But no, I tried. If I'm not sure of something, I would rather be safe than sorry. So is that a spirit of fear? No, not at all. You don't think? No, it's wisdom. Because if I know that the spiritual world is real and I know that there's a real enemy that's after my soul, that's after the purpose that God's placed inside of me, then I'm not going to play with accessing doors that other religions. What books did you read about these poses? I didn't, I didn't read any books about it, but there, there is, there's something that I listened a little bit to, but I've heard other people talk about it. It's someone who used to be in that religion. And oh, who, so they explained it and they explained, and now gotcha. they're a believer and they talked about the dangers of people doing it unknowingly and what it's actually doing like the while while you're doing the poses and stuff like that and it's someone who they studied this for years like okay, this was yeah their no i would religion. i'd love to hear that and so yeah but but i think there's a mixture i think there's some people who have made everything the devil you know mm-hmm. that it turns people off so that when there are things that are spiritual that it's all looked at as like who are the people who, you know, like you're one of those who don't do this and don't do that. But there is a spiritual world and it spirits are real. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And yeah. so it's just that's why it's one but of those spirits. It's in me greater. Yeah. But you can ha- you can give access to or you can partner with spirits unknowingly. And so, um yeah, you can come into covenant with different spirits and not oh know it God. based on different things. So it's very I'm trying not to go too too deep. Yeah, but I was like, that might be a, a little much because I haven't, I haven't even like thought about that. I don't but know. Yeah, but I think when when you have it, had experience with spirits and demons and spiritual things, then it opens up your eyes to how serious it is, and that goes with the music we listen to and even imagery that we watch and we see. It's real, you oh, know, for sure. And so I think one, I 100 agree with that. You know how they say. The enemy's greatest deception is is convincing people he doesn't exist. And I think how he does that now is by making people say, oh, it's not that serious. Oh, it's not that. But really, we're tapping into things that are spiritual and we don't even know it. And then we're struggling with certain spirits and don't even realize it's a spirit that we're struggling with because we've now given access to these different spirits because we were like, oh, it's not that deep. Oh, it's not this. But it is that deep. And yeah. there really is an enemy that's looking for any way that they can creep in to get legal access. Because, yes, we have Christ in us, but we can also give legal access to spirits in the enemy. And we can do that by being ignorant, you know, like not understanding. But um, and we can do it by like understanding and say, hey, you know, yeah, yeah. access. But yeah. So interesting. Yeah. That's why to bring it back to our kids, sorry for that little dad tribe. <laughs> yeah, no, it, we'll uh, have a whole episode on. I feel like I got to prepare for this. Though. Yeah, no, but it it flows into like our children because the things that we, if we're not teaching our children that too, and they just think it's a song or they just think it's a video, then they give access to the enemy to themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's things that they struggle with that they don't have to struggle with. But they are because of the different things they're entertaining by what they're watching, what they're listening to. For sure. So I think it goes into the parenting. It goes into all that stuff because there's so much out there and the enemy is so crafty. Oh, for sure. And it's been there's, crafty for years. So yeah. like it's if pretty much impossible image- to to keep them from all of that. Yeah. If you if you look at the imagery, imagery 
and for some reason I, can't, I feel like I can't talk today, but if you look at the imagery that's in the different music videos, it's like, okay, why did you use that satanic sign? You know what I mean? Oh, why yeah, did yeah, you yeah, this? Yeah. Yeah. And they're watching the video. I just like the beat. And then you yeah. l- actually listen to some of the words and they are saying different gods and goddesses. And, and it just sounds catchy. But if you don't know, if you're not trained in that, you won't know. You just think it's another lyric and you sing it. And you're really accessing different, you know, you're giving access to different spirits. And so that's why, like, that's how I teach my children. It's not like, oh, this is devil music. This is that. But I I tell them, you know, what you put in you comes out of you. So you don't want to listen to things that you don't agree with. And if you don't know what it's saying, then you don't know if you're agreeing to it. So at least look up the lyrics and see, you know, what they're talking about. So you can know, you know, versus just blindly listening to things. So. There's like we talked about the standard. So with my children, there's a standard that I set or there's a boundary that I set, but it's always given from a point of knowledge. Like this is why we don't we we want to listen to only music that glorifies God. Why? Because I don't want anything else in me. I don't want to give myself any other ideas. I don't want to struggle with now wanting to do something that goes against my morals or my belief because I'm listening to that all day. You know, and we make it. What you, is it called desensitizing? Yep. And so the more you hear, if every song is talking about getting taken down and having sex and stuff, and my kid and the beat is so good, it's going to lessen the like, sex ain't that bad. It's going to yeah. make it more common. And so now they're struggling with this urge to want to do this more. And the, it's because that's what you're playing day in and day out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, but if what you're playing is glorifying God day in and day out, that's going to be what naturally springs up out of you. I know, but sometimes it's really hard to find good Christian music it in is. the style you like, man. It is, but I got a playlist. <laughs> if you like, I got a playlist of some good R&B Christian and okay. some hip hop Christian. All right. But no, that's why we, you know, praise God for um, all these artists that, you know, have good music or whatever. But we try to make sure we find stuff in like I made playlists and sent them to my my 12 year old and he loves it. and He plays it when he's washing dishes. But to them, that's what they know. They don't feel like they're missing out. So on what anything. about us parents who like re- not rebelled, but just grew up in that? And we're like, now I listen to it, you know, because. It's not all bad, but I understand what you're saying. And mm-hmm. I, I concur. Um, you know, like, how do you work backwards once you've once you've let them listen to majority of, you know, whatever they want? Just, I think it's know, a, not explicit, but it's a gradual and it's how you do it. Like now, if you came in and you're ripping iPods, you're like, give me this. It, give me this. Only a playlist. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you're coming and doing it like that, of course, they're going to resist. It's a fight. It's going to be a battle. But I think if you introduce some, like maybe do the research and find some and that's what you play when you're in the car and that and eventually they're going to be like, hmm, I like this. Yeah. And so like young people that I mentor. They don't come from a household like I'm raising my children. They come from household that it's like everything's acceptable, you know? Yeah. And so what I do is I play that music when I'm in the car, when we're in the big van and we got the van full of kids. I play the Christian hip hop and nine times out of 10, there's always a, at least one song where they're like, who is this Miss Passion? And they're asking for like who the artist is. Okay. And then, so I think you do it by you introducing it and you kind of make that the norm. So you're just desensitizing them to Christian the op- music. The opposite <laughs> way. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's like the introduction to it. And then if it needs like, if you have to take it a step further, I think a conversation and it just like being open, like, Hey, I thought this before I'm learning this and I would like it if we can incorporate more of this. So can we find some more that we can, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. or have a mix. That's one thing I would yeah. always say. It was like, you have to have Christian music on your playlist because I still want them yeah. hearing it, you know? Yeah. Okay. So if you're like me and you know, you've failed in some parenting. Oh things, my gosh. You're a good parent. Like <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I just kidding. No. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. No, I, Everybody has real. their struggles, I'm, I'm and that's just not what I'm hearing a lot of wisdom come from you. I'm hearing a lot of wisdom come from you, so I'm well, just appreciating God. you in this moment. Well, the praise God. That's the grace of God, because yeah. I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Like, yeah. I went to church, but I went and to I'm church won- on a church van by myself. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm wondering if that is represented in how we even parent our children, right? Yes. So I, I'm coming from a place of, you know, of, I had that my whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. But my outcome's different because I did have that. But Mm -hmm. so now I'm letting my kids do it. I wonder if their outcome is going to be different. I don't know. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Anyway, so here's here's some encouragement, some some scripture for you guys. If you're like me and you're like, crap, I really need to improve on my parenting. There's probably some more smart things that I could do to um, to guard and steward the mind and heart and soul of my child, mm-hmm. um, which we all try and make up for by praying away all our, yes. our, all our bad idiosyncrasies yeah. and immaturities. Um, but there's just a simple uh, proverb. It says, start children off in the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Yeah. Um, and just having confidence that, that God loves your children hundred billion times more than you can even imagine. Mm-hmm. And so he has their best in mind mm-hmm. and he's guarding them and the spirit, you know, is there. And so all these, all these characteristics that, 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 that sometimes we forget about ourselves, that, that God loves us and sees us as worthy. He sees all that and feels all that and protects all that for our children yes, as well. Yeah. And, and, I feel like there's a bit of a covering mm-hmm. that that maybe there's a little bit of grace. I was just about to say that too. <laughs> you know, because they're still developing, developing on the brain, and so like it's almost like uh, Matt and I are taking the burden on some of this stuff too. Yeah, and I, I wanna, I wanna say this one. I have never in my life ever been perfect and I never will. Yeah. I'm always striving to be like Jesus, but I don't ever want to paint the picture like my, either my life is perfect or my parenting is perfect. I try my hardest, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. to do my best in those areas, but none of that is perfect. But no matter how well we think we're doing, we all need the grace of God to cover the areas where we fall short. For sure. And so even if there's something that you may have been doing before, that now you're like, hmm, maybe I should tighten up on this area or maybe I should revisit this or look more into this. Do it trusting that the Holy Spirit will still cover those areas. Our righteousness is still filthy rags and it's still the righteousness of Christ that we stand in and what makes us holy. Word. So even in our parenting, the areas, because there's going to be some things that my children grow up and they're going to say, my parents did this and I didn't like this, you know, for sure. and I'm going to do this different with my children. But I trust and know that whatever area that I have fallen short, that I've either held on too tight or not tight enough, that the Holy Spirit will cover that. And that's where prayer comes in, too. For you know, sure. We pray and we ask the, the Holy Spirit to cover those areas. But yes, we yes. just try our best. So I don't want it to anyone to listen to this and be like, oh, I did this or I'm so bad. It just bad. happens to be on the episodes Tracy is bomb at. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but when we discussed this, I didn't even want to talk about from a COVID standpoint because I'm like, that doesn't. Yeah. But, but this is. But I know there's a lot of people out there. And this is kind of the area of expertise. If we're just keeping it all the way 100, this is a gift that God's given me. Like for for video production and things, that's you kill it. You rock it. I have no idea. I don't know nothing about lights lights and sound. (laughs) I don't know anything about that. But this is the work we do. I work with at-risk young people. You know, we're opening up a group home for children in foster care. My experiences in life, even the experiences of all the young people that I've mentored for over the years, like, 15 plus years, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you are kind of an expert. Okay. No. I feel a little bit better. I feel a little bit better. Uh, yeah. I guess I got to, I'm learning how to receive a compliment too, oh, okay. but this is my area that I thrive in. There's other stuff that is like, mm, but this is the area that I thrive in. Good. So good, good, good. I'm not trying to, oh, I got it. There's other areas where I'm yeah. struggling. I'm struggling. Yes. <laughs> and for, for those of you that just, you're emotionally drained because your kids are just emotionally draining, yeah. <laughs> even, on, even, even on their good days. Mine's too. <laughs> I just want to remind you of this this verse in Isaiah 40, 31. It says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Yeah. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Yeah. And this is something um, that I just, I literally have to do daily. I have to recognize and be grateful for the things that he's given me realize that he has blessed me and endowed me with these children in this manner yeah um my my parents they were blessed and endowed with by adopting children and whatever your whatever your story is that's yours but but mine is to be grateful and responsible and i'm learning how to steward well um and hopefully i'll get it down before you know they're all out and then i'm like ah crap then you then you just put it in your grandkids. <laughs> yeah. 
that's <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, that's the hope that I'm like, okay, well, whatever I didn't get right, I'll get right with my grandkids. Exactly. And this is this is this is one one tip I think that 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 can help you coming from an imperfect parent and also an imperfect parent. Yes, please. Don't. Um, <laughs> from two imperfect parents. Yes. From two different walks of life, from two different cultures, mm-hmm. is knowing that our God is faithful. Faithful. And then if we can stand humble mm-hmm. and understand that we are not perfect, yeah. swallow our human egos. Yes. And put our children's um, emotional needs in focus for a little bit every day. That that humility that we are exercising, the grace we are exercising by not biting off their heads when they do something so idiotic, mm-hmm. um, reflects the attitude of Christ and, quite honestly, what He does for us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, many times. Yeah. yeah. So j- just be encouraged. You're, you're not alone. You're not alone. It's hard, um, and we'd love to hear. You know, if you have any questions, uh, stuff you'd like to talk to us on. Um, just send an email to ask messy faith podcast.com. Is it the messy ask faith? At ask at messy, messy faith podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or just, yes. Yeah. <laughs> or just comment. Come on, just Google messy faith podcast and everything will pop up. People It'll pop up. It'll pop up. <laughs> anyway, um, we love you. Love We're, you. We are praying for you and yeah. your kids. Uh, have a great week ladies yes it's been fun where's our <laughs> oh yeah the outro i got it <laughs> there we go there we go we got it we got it how do we turn <sighs> this thing off <laughs> hey it's emily here I just wanted to thank you on behalf of Satrice and I for listening to the Messy Faith podcast and allowing us to speak into your life. And hey, we don't want it just one way. We would love to hear from you. You can contact us at any time through our website, our email at ask at messyfaith.com. You can like us on Facebook, YouTube, or wherever you listen to us at. And hey, we'd love a little review. Can't wait to hear from you.